Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, very pleasant uh, good morning to you, uh, and it is a beautiful morning here in the Texas Hill Country. We are waiting for fall. She's... It's quite warm, quite warm here in Texas, still is. going to cool off any day now. I got a feeling any day now. Well, uh, it is the uh, 20, uh, oh no, 19th of September. Good morning, Monday morning, the third Monday of the month, which brings us to Dr. Richard Massey and Dr. Ray Pete on Monday. However, Dr. Pete is on the bench today. They've been doing some, um, I know he said a kind of a mandatory, hmm, Burns and they, who knows, Oregon, you know, God knows, and he's just getting smoked out there, and uh, his lungs are not doing well with it, so he wanted to um, just bow out for today, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe we can get him in on, uh, you know, before uh, mid-October, because a lot of you would like to ask him questions, and so we'll see how it goes if he his little, his little lungs clear up. Um, so here we are, and but we do have Richard Massey, and his lungs are very clear. Actually, actually, he told me that he was playing doctor with a girl last night, and they were looking at each other's lungs. So I see. Uh, so <laughs> uh. <laughs> You're still using that ploy, Doc. I tell you what. I mean, it still works after all these years. <laughs> uh. Good morning, uh, Dr. Massey. Good morning. How you hey, doing? Hey, Guten Morgen. Oh, you look great there. I like your little green shirt. It looks nice. What is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got my uh, my Save Soil shirt on. Save Our Soil. Shoo, yeah. doggies. And, Dr. and I've got a, got a Tom Schnorr t-shirt, at, or outside shirt. When Tom turned 60, he gave away all his wild shirts. Wow, that's a beauty. You can... You could but, go down, uh, yeah. to, go down to Mar-a-Lago and play golf with that thing on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> might not be yeah, the best idea. Yeah. Dr. Richard Massey <laughs> is an is an MD, no longer in practice. What he does now is talks to people around the country, helps them with their little health issues, and he does that without a license because you don't do drugs. Isn't that great how you get to play doctor and as long as you don't do drugs, you can do whatever you want? Did you ever think it would, isn't that funny how it turned out like that, wasn't it? Right? Isn't it funny? Yes. Yeah. Years ago, you you got, years ago, you got into a little toe jam with the uh, medical board of Texas, right? And uh, you were just being too darn natural for them. They just couldn't take it. And so they said, well, we're just going to take your license away. And at the time, I guess it felt a little... How did it feel? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> you were there. I wasn't there. Well, I was at one of the hearings, but just Yeah, one. you were at one of the hearings, yeah. you know. How did that yeah. feel like after all these years of going to school and some dude says, you can't do this anymore? Oh, man. Yeah. And, you know, I'm cleaning out my storage unit. Yeah. And just to show how paralyzing, I guess, that all was for me. Uh, that stuff's been in there for 14 years. On oh, your storage unit? 
Yeah, in Fredericksburg. And uh, I've been paying a monthly fee every <laughs> month for 14 years. That's keep hilarious. this stuff in there. And, uh, and most of it, a lot of it, was medical stuff that I would have used in the office. It's almost like it was a hope that someday I'd be able to use it again, that things would be different than they were. Oh, yeah, kind of like you put it in storage, and well, we'll use this someday again, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, at first, I actually got a climate control unit and a regular unit because I had <laughs> so much stuff. So I paid two fees every month uh, because the vitamins for the IV had to be kept in climate control. I couldn't leave them out in some place where they'd get hot and cold and that'd be bad for them. So I had these hopes that, you know, this is going to all work out in some good way. And sure. I need to save all this stuff. And, sure. Um, and so now going back through the storage unit, I'm telling you, it's a spiritual experience. I mean, I, I can do a certain amount of stuff and then I have to go sit in the car and just kind of breathe for a while. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like seeing it all is just a shock and, and then trying to decide. I mean, I looked at how hard I worked. I mean, I really wanted to get the message out to people, a little missionary sort of zeal that I was raised with in church, sure. uh, I suppose. And so I would get things like Burton Goldberg's books and I would, cut and paste and make these handouts for people and there were just stacks of those things and all these beautiful colors because i thought you know if they're in color they're just better and and uh and i had so many needles and syringes that were laying around of course so i couldn't just open the storage unit and let people come because it's full of needles and syringes now, those are my record albums look at that <laughs> you know uh, like the Rolling Stones first record album, you know, and and uh, I've been driving around with them in my car for two weeks. All and, the record uh, albums, yeah, you're taking them out. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to do with them. I was just going to maybe set them in my front yard at some point, you know? Yeah, somebody's um, come and get them, yeah. And so I mentioned that to a friend, and he said, well, you ought to just see if half price books will give you something for them, and I thought, okay, so I went over there just yesterday. That's from yesterday, taking that cart there. You can see me following directions. I'm going to move toward the arrow there. And uh, <laughs> I went in there, and I was sure they were going to tell me, I'm sorry, sir, you have to put all these back in your car. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all old and worthless. And uh, and so they, they go through it. If you've ever been there, you know how it works. And yeah. they have somebody go through it, and then they – they make you an offer, and they uh, they said they could give me two hundred and sixty five dollars and eighty eight cents. Whoa! Isn't and I great? said, "Oh, yeah, yeah." So I I got that, and hopefully they'll get more, and hopefully there's somebody who'll actually enjoy listening to those. But right before that happened is the next photo I sent you. I went outside, and for the first time in my life, I found two blue jay feathers right next to each other. I look at that. Uh, and uh, in most cultures, blue jay feathers are an omen that you're about to receive a gift. Oh, uh, and you got two. And I had two of them. And $265.88 adds up to two. Um, interestingly, if you add all the numbers together. Oh, two what? Two? 
two six five eight eight. And if you add those to oh, each I see. other, so you got eight and five is uh, thirteen. It and goes to twenty nine, and two plus nine is twenty nine, and then two plus two. nine is eleven. You old numerology guy, you. It adds up I know, to two. Right? Oh, yeah. Come on, yeah. you can't make that stuff up. No, it, it's just it's just fun. You know, somebody's playing with me, and I'm having a good time with that game. You know. Yeah. Isn't that that's, and that, that's the way you saw them just sitting there like that. Yeah, uh, just two blue jay feathers, and uh, you know they'd been out in the backyard because there's a fig tree here. And they they like that, uh, but I've never found two of them uh, like that. So. And so I thought, you know, hmm. take a picture of that and then look how the rest of the day went. I felt gifted all day, actually. Uh, I, I bet you did. You know, like synchronicities were working well. And and uh, one of the things I'd like to learn is to be able to generate that feeling without receiving $265.88, you know, uh, because that's apparently we have that capacity so this is just a reminder that humans have that capacity to generate the awareness of that we're always in a beneficial synchronicity um, somewhere somehow we really are aren't we just yeah so anyway that was and we, that was just, fun i know it's just so fun to think about it and just uh I write myself little, I got these little cards I use for screenwriting to put them up on a board. I'm always writing myself cards about that kind of stuff, you know, and putting them all over the house because what you just said is really true. And, uh, but I find that um, I've got to keep thinking, of, I got to contemplate on it. Does it make sense? I got to keep bringing that into my awareness. So until yeah. it kind of gets into oh, your mitochondria, yeah. you know, if there's such a thing. Oh, and I agree. Just bring it did in. Did you see the third? Did you see the third picture I sent you? I I, I didn't. You'll I, have you'll have to enlarge it because uh, one of the things I found in storage was some old slide photos that my parents took. And if your computer will enlarge it, you can. Yeah, actually well, see good luck with that. I'm lucky I can get it up there. Let me see if I can. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Uh, just get it up and you can tell us what it is. We're doing show and tell here this morning with Dr. Richard yeah, Massey. We're doing, we're if you doing have something that you would like to show Dr. Massey, you can call or tell. Oh, that's I mean, right. oh yeah, people like to send in uh, stuff that comes out in their toilet. I mean, that's always good. Um, <laughs> remember back in the days when we were all in the parasites, people would send you stuff. I said, well, look what came out here. I said, don't send me these things anymore, really. I don't want to see them. <laughs> no, I don't want to see God help us out. Yes. We, just, we are so into poop, you know. Uh, let's you already watch Tremors. You're satisfied. Yeah, I think I, that's... I think I lame, <laughs> I think I I think I titled this Dick and Jane if I can find where I put it. I, yeah, I put Dick and Jane on yeah. there because you know my name is Richard and one of the nicknames for that. Oh, here it is. Is Dick and and uh, that was our first grade reader when I was a kid was Dick and Jane. Well, it, it and if you can magnify that, you'll I see. Cannot, me. No, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, there's me in my glory with 22-inch hair in 1972. Oh, with, man, I wish with, I could see it. Yeah, 22-inch hair. With lovely girlfriend, Jane, and uh, in the river by Gunnison, Colorado. You had a and, girlfriend uh, named Jane? Yes. Good for you, man. I know, right? And uh, so it was just one of those beautiful days out there in the summer in Gunnison, and, uh, and the river was so crystal clear and beautiful. And, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome up there in Colorado, isn't it, boy? The sunshine, cool yes. man. I know, I know. There's something about it. So I get to see some of that as well. And um, hey, don't, so don't you find those. it interesting? You know, I've often heard that uh, when we move, it's uh, you see these surveys. You know, what's the most traumatic things you can do and number one is moving and and, yeah. and I suspect that it's all the energy surrounded around all the stuff that you're throwing away or you think you should throw away or you don't throw away or you take with you right I bet that's a lot of yeah. it don't you think yeah. oh yeah so for biology the brain always compares something to the first time we experienced it yes that's what the data bank does. Right. So everybody's first move was birth. Okay. So when we move out of our first home, which is our mother's uterus, however mom felt about that experience is how I'm going to feel every time I move. What? Well, yeah. what, if mom, what if mom was going, now? I'd be yeah, doing that exactly. my whole life. Come on. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because we do hospital births and we put women in the most painful positions possible. <laughs> That's kind of documented now, right? Yeah. So for most women, childbirth is a really painful thing. It doesn't have to be that painful. You read the natural childbirth stuff. But the other thing is, is the placenta, which gave us life, gets discarded. So... It, it's the most valuable thing we've ever known. And it gets discarded for the unknown. You know, I mean, uh, how's this breast thing going to work out? You know, <laughs> we're, not, we're not sure. You know, so far, everything's been like a free IV. And and now, you know, we're going to have this, to get rid of storage. Got these two little breasts to choose from. Something yeah. brand new, right? And then if you're a twin, you got to fight over them, you know? Or, there you go. Triplets, so, yeah. But I think I just gave myself some encouragement. So I'm going to see my storage unit as the placenta. Yeah. And, like know, and know that there's a big nurturing breast in my future. So <laughs> that's <what I'm> <laughs> Mother Earth, baby. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, what's curious about the placenta, there's so much uh, good stuff in there. And, and it may yes. even be more conundrum than discarded because Mike, I, what I believe is the hospital takes possession of it and they sell it. Um, I know a couple that wanted their placenta and um, they, they had to actually get a, get a thing from an attorney to get it because mm -hmm. the, the hospital said, no, we, this is ours medical waste or something like that you know yeah i think they i think they sell it stem there. cells and stuff like that doc mm -hmm. i think they do yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, keep your placenta and your umbilical cords, you know, Yeah. if you have a choice. And, and if you have a choice, I would not have a birth in a hospital. Right, um, yeah. Something a little more natural. It feels sacred to you, whatever that is. Yeah. There's ladies that have have babies now in hot tubs or underwater. That seems like be kind of fun. Yeah, I met the guy who did that in Galveston. And, he, uh, really? He was a fascinating guy. And, you know, they, they had people on standby in case something went wrong. But it was a beautiful process. He made a video. I still have it. Hmm. Um, of a birth. And, you know, the babies can just swim underwater. They swim? Because they don't need any air. As long as the cord is intact, they're getting all their oxygen. Oh, that's so before so you be, cut the cord, the baby can swim around underwater. Underwater, yeah. They don't need to breathe at all. Uh, and they can just enjoy their aquatic life for a little while longer before, you know, they switch over to breastfeeding and air breathing and all those shocking big things that we do <laughs> shocking. Uh, in an American hospital, almost in military fashion, you know, where we're cutting your cord, kid. You're on the clock now, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and she says that she can remember actually being in a crib when she was very small and seeing the bars and wanting to get out, but she just couldn't get out. Oh, my god. Isn't goodness. that crazy, remembering that far back? I don't remember that far back. Do you? No, no, me either, but that's a, <laughs> that's a strong image there. I never thought about how prison like that could be. <laughs> yeah feel as an image especially yeah. if you wanted to get out but you couldn't you know yes <laughs> oh man so i wonder if a little baby you know i know that we when we incarnate into this human body that we've were somewhere else and we were working with people my experiences and talking and you know Maybe go down and this will be your mom. And what are you thinking? You can do this and you can do that. And and you probably want to get over this thing with your dad. So incarnate with him. He was your uncle or whatever. Right. And, you know, they worked this out. I know that's how it happens. I remember some of it. <laughs> so, so I wonder, you know, then as a little one, I don't remember this. They must think, right? I mean, I don't know if they think in words, but they must say, what am I doing here? I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's this all about? What am I doing in this little <laughs> thing here? I was just there, and now I'm here. Holy cow! Yeah, it's got to be. You know, yeah. it's got to be a really a kind of a, a fascinating journey, trip, arrival. Yeah, yeah. I would think there's an element of shock to it. <laughs> I would think. <laughs> I guess for you know for a long time you're just floating around and everybody loves you and it's just I don't know what you're doing talking to God and then you plop out <laughs> and then if some dude has these forceps that are cold and drags you out by the head and then yeah you know cuts yeah. off a little piece of thing on your Mister Happy you know it's not a that's not a pleasant way to come into the world <laughs> Ciao! what was that yeah Holy yeah. God. And that may be why moving is the number one stress. 
Yeah. Is there anything about recall healing, about circumcision, that us guys have been circumcised that we, I don't know. I've never. Well, the old Dietrich, Dietrich was funny when I went to one of his classes. He was talking about scar treatments, and he says, of course, for a lot of us guys, we have a circumcision scar. Right. And, uh, and he felt like that a lot of people lost their trust of women. Uh, because their mom took them in to get circumcised. <laughs> well, we're just going to go so in he here, and it's going to be fine. You'll, <laughs> you'll see. It'll be okay. And we're just taught these crazy things in school, Patrick. Like, babies don't have feeling. It, it's okay to just put that thing on their foreskin and let it press through, you know. it's. And um, in my experience, they cried. Uh, but it must mean so. something else because you know we know they don't have pain. It's like <laughs> we know they like, don't have pain, right? <laughs> it's like Dr. Northrup said when she was uh, in her residency. She said uh, she grabbed a syringe with you know a needle with some lidocaine. She was going to put it in this you know woman's uh, vaginal area because they were about to cut her for an episiotomy because right. the baby was too big. Right. And she said, Professor grabbed her hand and said, what are you doing with that? She said, I'm going to numb this area up. And he said, women don't have feeling there. Just cut it. Are you, <laughs> you kidding me? Her professor told her that? No. Yes. Yeah, right. That's close. <laughs> the guy actually, her professor told Norfolk. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how she told the story. Isn't that, wow. Yeah. Well, there must be something in the water in medical school, you know? <laughs> we didn't have much water. We had Coke and Mountain Dew. And, and coffee, right? Dr. Pepper, <laughs> coffee. Yeah, stuff that had a little mental stimulation to it. Yeah. <laughs> no feeling down there. That's okay. Just, just, uh, it'll, be, it'll be all right. <laughs> Whoa. Man, <laughs> I know it's crazy. The other thing I, I'm remembering that she said that really struck me. She said the most positive thing that her supervisors would ever allow her to say to anybody after a physical exam was to the woman was congratulations, you don't have cancer yet. What? <laughs> I think he's just making these steps up, folks. I don't think he <laughs> no, you can you can check her stuff and her stories and you'll see it there. I mean just Congratulations, just you don't have cancer yet? Yet. Yeah, your mammogram's good, all your scans are good, your <laughs> And we wonder, you know at the the health statistics of this country. I can't believe we've made it this far, Doc. With what we, <laughs> I think it's a miracle we've made it this far with what we do to people. <laughs> On account of the obstacles. You know? <laughs> Obstac <laughs> There's a lot of obstacles out there, but I tell you what, it's a, goal. It's a landmine in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about the germ theory thing, which I'm really into, because I don't believe in them, and uh, the vaccine thing. And Did I just say the V word? Well, so much for this one on YouTube. Okay, so anyway, yeah, well. whatever. And um, 
you go down okay. just around even like South Austin. I was visiting a friend who was in the hospital down there, you know, around South Congress area, that whole, I mean, mm-hmm. the entire place is acres and acres and acres of these mausoleums, these huge buildings. The Cancer Center, the OBGYN Center, you know, the Heart Lungs and you know, poof. Obstetrics and gynecology, you know, just huge centers, you know. Yeah. Treating all these little body parts that like they're not connected, right? Well, there's the OBG <laughs> thing over there, and well, if it's it's really not connected to your heart, but so you got to go down the road for that. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh my God! Yeah, it's yeah yeah. Yeah, it's just a testimony that the mind is never going to really be able to comprehend the mystery of life. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way we're going, dude. <laughs> Tell you what. It just chops it up into pieces. That's the best, that's the best it can do. <laughs> well, it just doesn't make sense to me. Let's just put it back in the box and do it again. Yes, yes. It all started with dissecting that frog in junior high school. <laughs> it was all downhill from there, right? <laughs> oh, did, I can still remember how bad they smelled, those stupid, s- slimy frogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. just the weirdest thing. What was that all about, anyway? I mean, what was that about? <laughs> exactly, right? What was that all about? And. And here we are with a dissected body spread all over town, as you say. Um, and worshiping the god of cancer. Right. It does have a godlike feeling, you doesn't think? it? Yeah. That word, yeah, when people say that word. Yeah, Dr. Hammer's main job was he was trying to introduce uh a way of seeing the C word as not being scary. Oh. Kind of like uh, Robert De Niro introducing the F word into cinema. You know, in the beginning, it was such a shock. Yeah. Uh, it was such a bomb, but now it's very common. And um, So Hammer would point out things like, if you ever had strep throat as a kid, well, it means you had throat cancer first, and the strep actually comes in to eat away the cancer of the throat. Yeah. Just so people realize, you know, that you know, we've all been there. We've all had cancer. We all recovered. Yeah, it's some kind of a some kind of an I don't know, some kind of trauma or something right in the throat or tissues are damaged or something. You can call it whatever mm-hmm. you want, right? Strep yeah. throat or pneumonia or whatever, right? Cancer. And then the bacteria come in to clean it up, right? They come in to clean it up. Clean yeah. it up. And then that's when it hurts. That's when it hurts. So that's when we look. We don't look when the cancer is going on. Right. So it, Because it feels fine. Yeah. So it hurts. We go to the doctor. Now, you and I don't. Go to the doctor and then get an antibiotic. And it kills the bacteria. And it stops hurting. Then what happens? Yeah, see, then we're told that the antibiotic made us well. Right. When actually it just slowed down the cleaning out process, right? So it's going to come back again. You know, 
It probably will uh, because, you know, and, and I hear you, you can get it from a physical thing, an energetic thing. The story part of sore throat is the throat is where I express what I want to express. And it's also because of the lymph tissue in there, it's the place where I filter out what's being stuffed down my throat. So if I'm in a place where somebody's stuffing something down my throat and I want to stop it, but I can't, and I'm, I have a terrible feeling about that, my brain will actually just enlarge all the filters in my throat. It'll give me throat cancer, the lymph system thinking that that'll help me filter out the harsh words that somebody's trying to stuff down my throat. Wow. And then once the conflict is over, the germs come in and eat all that cancer tissue away, and it'll be called strep throat, and I'll be told that my immune system is down, when really I have a magnificent system that was just trying to help me get free of some dogma that didn't really fit my life, you know? Uh, it's it's actually a love story of how, you know, how we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, well, and you, all that you, gets missed. <laughs> you're not saying that watching the news causes cancer, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that. I, you know, yeah, stuffing ideas. Stuffing down ideas down your throat, throat right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So that's, these are the kind of things you do, do in your work, right? Look at the story behind mm -hmm. when people talk to you and come to you and say, you know, what's going on here? So it's kind of a mixture, what recall healing, um, constellation, family constellation, and also German New Medicine, Hammer's work. You're kind of, mm -hmm. you kind of do a mixture of them all? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a love story at the, at the basis, you know, when we look at it that way. And and that's always kind of helped me move past something. If I can see that it was done out of love, that's different than being a victim. Yeah. You know, victims just don't get well. Victims don't do what they want to in the world. Um, they just kind of feel paralyzed. Like I feel when I go to the storage unit, man, I can, I can just go right from zero to the victim, you know, in a couple of seconds there, you know, it's like, yeah. no. And, you know, I got to just kind of pull back together and go, you know, there's also the side of this that's a gift. And I mean, I don't mean that in some, oh, just send me a Hallmark card and I'll be okay. It's a visceral feeling that I get, like when this is cleaned out, this is a gift. I mean, as you pointed out, I would not be here seeing these love stories if I hadn't got the doo-doo kicked out of me in several ways. The direction that I was going was not going to get to the place where I could see the love stories. Right. It right. wasn't going to happen. I was just going to work myself to death trying to save everybody with IVs and things like that. And, uh, yeah. Hmm. So the love story is actually the idea that it's all we're just made kind of uh, of love molecules and they're all trying to help each other the bacteria and the viruses and everybody's trying to help us and God's trying to help us and we just go through things <laughs> we just go through things because 
that's the way we it is in Earth, right? That's being silly. Yeah, you know, and it's not like this everywhere. I, you know, I, I like what Stephen Jenkinson says, you know, it's not like this everywhere. I mean, North American culture is unique in a lot of ways. Not to complain about it, but it, it's unique in a lot of ways. And as he would point out, it's not natural to fear death. Human beings actually do not fear death, but most people in North America do. Um, it's it's part of being, uh, well, I'm, I'm military for many generations. Uh, people who are descendants of military people often fear death. Really? Um, you know, because of the way it was inflicted uh, in their family history. So, but that's not true of people who live in nature and, you know, they're not afraid of death and they don't wake up in the morning to an alarm clock. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, did you ever see that movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy? Oh, yeah. Years ago, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie, you know, where everybody judges the Bushman as being so primitive, but this little guy wakes up happy every day, finds this few drops of water for himself and his kids. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, over in Australia, everybody's waking up to an alarm clock, drinking down some coffee, jumping in their car, running through the traffic, putting in their little time card. And, and this is giving you a little thing like, well, who's civilized here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then the Coke bottle falls from the sky or something, wasn't it? Yeah, the Coke bottle. Some pilot throws a Coke bottle out, and and the, the little bushman thinks it's a gift from the gods. And <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's online. It'd be fun to watch that again. It's been many years since I've seen it. Yes. Probably is, huh? Yeah, I reckon it is. If you'd like to be on the show, do you say reckon in Texas? I didn't, I, you must be from Texas. I reckon. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we could take some calls if you uh, have a phone that works. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. Email Patrick at one radio network.com. We're with Dr. Richard Massey in Austin, and we always put all his contact information on the front page of the audio. So you can contact him through email or telephone and um, talk to him about stuff if you want. That's what he does for a living, talks to people about stuff. It's good to be here with you this morning. We, uh, uh, Rafi is going to be here. Rafi's a cool guy. He has a company called Ormica Organics. He is like, he's like a, one of the most, um, I don't know, careful kind of, hones in on the whole water filtering thing and uh, he's going to come on and talk to you about how he makes these water filters and the, just the filters and stuff and he puts jewels and gemstones and stuff in the filters it's crazy what he does and we uh, uh, that we have that water filter that we we uh, promote on one radio network on our front page which is the only water filter I know that takes almost everything out and uh, there's a picture of it and it's a beauty. It's a mica organics. So if you're if you're taking a shower in street water, and you know what street water is, God knows where it's been. Could be anywhere. You don't want to do that. Uh, uh, this is the only water filter I know that'll really get almost everything out. We'll find out. Um, I think it does chlorine and fluoride. I don't. I don't think it does fluoride. Fluoride, but it does chlorine. Um, you have to do something else for the 
but it, it's the best one we know of. So this is our micro-organic uh, shower filter. You can get on the front page of One Radio Network, and then we'll talk to him about his his other filters. Uh, Daniel Vitalis, and Daniel's going to be on the show soon. I uh, got this idea we're going to bring him back on, and it's been a long time, and since we're now eating a lot of more meat, um, I'll, I can even relate more because, well, Daniel goes out in the woods and kills bears and eats them, so, you know, he'll he'll relate to me. <laughs> he does. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, he, he's like, you know, he's really in eating me. Anyway, so uh, we'll talk to him. Where is the uh, thing? I've got the, oh yeah, the, the Shaga and Rishi mushrooms are on sale today. I think we've got a couple more days. This is a great product. These are called adaptogens. That means you can take them every day without, um, you know, getting an anxiety attack or anything like that. One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair and that's when I take my dual extracted mushrooms from Survival, the chaga and the reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system, like autoimmunity, it'll help to downregulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system, like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. Survival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. You know what they say, Patrick? What do they say? Oh, God's in the details. Yeah, I mean, think about the details of that. You can just get, you can go online and somewhere and buy some Shaga Rishi. You have no idea where it comes from, what are you getting? But listen to the way he makes these products from really fruit bodies and, and the way they're grown, the, the medium that they're grown in. I mean, it's a real deal. This is here, my little bottle of this one of uh, the Rishi. And uh, you can take this, this little pumpkin at night I can take some now, and and uh, I probably won't go crazy. Wow. Oh, it tastes great, too. Good products, uh, Shaga Rishi, and on sale, Rishi, I guess is the proper way, on sale, promo code ADAPTNOW, A-D-A-P-T, now, ADAPTNOW, 20% off on OneRadioNetwork.com. It's got a lot of other great things there, the Pine Pollen, and, of course, the colostrum, which we love, and that's all on Surthrival. If you've not tried our our sulfur, I think we have one of the best ones. Out. I know. I think we have the best one that I know of. Um, In this country, the sulfur levels have been dropping. There was an alarm that went out to the Congress, and it, and this was in 1932 or 34 when this big warning came out. Uh, mineral quantities have been dropping in the U.S. for quite a while, and especially as farmland got worn out. 
uh, notable of things was the sulfur. And if you had been eating high-sulfur foods all of your life, you may be getting enough sulfur, but we're not. And the sulfur content in foods is, is way low. And really, you need sulfur. The number one thing that sulfur does is it detoxifies the cells. Thank you, George. George Altkelt on a previous show. He's a biologist, chemist, and knows a lot about agriculture. The number one thing, he says, is sulfur detoxifies the cells. This is pure sulfur. Very few of them are. Three prices, three locations, United States, Canada, and worldwide. Click and order. See the ad right-hand side on OneRadioNetwork.com. I've been doing my little sulfur twice a day for 10 years. Now, I am crazy, so you have to, that's a warning. We should put that on the label because, you know, make you crazy like me. So if you don't want to be crazy, don't take it. Uh, but uh, let me know. <laughs> we should really put that on the label, Doc. I... From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. That's right. Warning. <laughs> less, heavy, less heavy bleeding when you take this product. Have you seen that on a product? Less heavy bleeding, bleeding than our competitors. Uh, I tell you what, it's just like uh, that's watching a movie. It's just hilarious being here on Earth. I just don't know what to do with myself. I just look back. <laughs> I want to come over and have some lunch with the at old Casa de Luz someday or some some evening. Okay. Yeah, I'll call you. We'll come over and. Check it out. Yeah, that sounds like fun. The weather's going to start getting nicer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, now that I'm eating meat, I, well, they probably won't have any meat over there. Well, okay, I can have. You know, I can have soup or something. I'll have. I'll find something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that used to be a meat packing plant. Oh well, see there you go. That would be close, right? Yeah. That would be close. That would be close. So, okay, I got. Yeah, no. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Ahead. No, no, you go. No, <laughs> no, you go. Okay. Um, so, I was going to call you about this, but I'll just do it publicly. So, a couple nights ago, like two in the morning, I wake up, and my left calf has got this thing going on. I don't know what do you call them? Cramps, Charlie Harris. I mean, mm -hmm. but the worst one I've ever had ever. I mean. Uh, I I was screaming. It was so painful. You've had one of those. Holy! Oh yeah. And I Adam Bergstrom, he said well, years ago. He said, "Well, what you do is you pound on it. You know, you go, pound on it." So I did that, and it helped a little bit, but I still screamed, and and I'm still limping two days later. That's how. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, I've been doing some uh, magnesium bicarbonate pretty semi regularly for few months because I do saunas you know getting my electrolytes but I'm sure there's something else going on I mean what do you what do you think I mean um, what could cause that uh, say physiologically just let's talk about sure. minerals and stuff is that a magnesium thing generally so magnesium calcium and potassium well that's what I take both. that's what I take <clears throat> yeah and they need to be in balance yeah and you're right, if your pH gets too acidic and you get lactic acid in your muscles, you can get cramps from that, right? Just like runners do when they mm. run too long and get acidic. Um, so all of those things are 
or possibilities. And you might also have been having a dream where jumping over something mm-hmm. was part of the dream. And you're trying to, or reaching something, you're standing on the tiptoe of that leg and trying to reach something. And if it's really grabbing you like dreams can do, we will point that toe like a ballet dancer and then cause trying it. to get up on the top of it and just work that calf muscle the way a ballet dancer or a runner would. Hmm with this in- incredible intensity during the dream. Wow. And it, it, so it could also be, I was thinking about something about, um, well, I believe the left side is a female, not like others, because I'm backwards. So it's, it's obviously it's about a girl. Um, so it could, it could be moving forward with the woman, right? Yes. Or stuff like that. That could cause it to, do that, oh sure right yeah run, running uh sprinting you know we'll we'll put a cramp there if it's symbolic of that whatever that movement is mm-hmm. you know and that cramp usually moves the foot oh that's that. right because i've been playing with that that's what that yeah. that's what makes it hurt is when you take your foot upwards right is that right so that's that, that's that movement you know and uh so yeah. jumping running so yeah, it's like this one, like right, like this. Yeah. So when I cramp, my foot wants to, my toes want to point forward. Point forward. And uh, so what I do is I get up out of bed and stand up. And when I stand up, it makes it go away. I put my feet flat on the floor, which takes takes a while because my foot doesn't want to go flat on the floor because <laughs> that muscle is cramped up. You know. Uh, oh, it hurt. And like I say, it's still oh, sore. Yeah. It's better today, but I've been doing everything I can. I put some oil on it, DMSO, and mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to work through it. Yeah, yeah, some good warmth is good. Get the circulation back in Yeah, there. I did a sauna again last night, and I think I put some DMSO and then one in the sauna. But So that thing, when that happens, it, much, it, it has to damage some of the fibers in some way, otherwise it wouldn't oh, sure still be hurting, right? Sure it does, yeah. So when we work out, this is what Michael Colgan said in his books, he was the Canadian Olympic athlete coach. When we work out, the whole point is to destroy muscle fibers. Right, right. yeah. And then it repairs the fifth night of sleep after the workout. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's still in a state of repair. That's good. Yeah, I've been doing a different body part every day, lifting weights. Yeah. And online, they always say wait four days, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe five. Yeah. Yeah. So he had he had his workouts that way, and you know, there's new information. I read that a long time ago, but uh, yeah, four or five days that's probably good out. to to let the muscle heal, and that's how they get a little bigger because you're actually yes. tearing the fibers, right? Mm-hmm. And then you rebuild them in a way that's even stronger and is more prepared for more stress in the future. Yeah. And do muscles build at night when we're sleeping? Yeah. That's when they're repairing. And it's only the repair that hurts. So if you still have pain, it's repairing itself. So don't don't do anything more in that area. 
Right. And yeah, talk nice to it. You know, tell it, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can for the pain, but thank you for repairing. Thank you for repairing, yeah. 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 So when you did high jumping, did you hop off your left foot or your right? High jumping? I never did high jumping. What do you mean high jumping? You know, like when you're a little kid, if you ever Oh. Like if you did a layup in basketball, did you jump off your left foot or your right foot? Probably my left foot. Yeah. Yeah, most of us right handers do. We hop off our left hop foot. Hop off our left foot. Yeah, yeah, that's the that that whole muscle movement has to do with, you know, all of that stuff that we did with it our whole life. Isn't that great? All yeah. about performance and being a guy. Being a guy. Doing all those things, you know. Yeah. Here's an email from James for Dr. Richard Massey, and you can send in a question or a comment or see if he wants to go out. Girls, I'm just kidding. No. He's got more girls than he knows what to do with. He's so James Patrick at one radio network dot com. James says I've been getting frequently I've been getting ill frequently over the last couple of years. I went for a blood test and my wow N E U T R O P H I L I S are consistently mm-hmm. low. Is there anything I can do to raise this? What how do you pronounce that word? Yeah, neutrophils. Oh, neutrophils. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. What are neutrophils? Yeah, so our cells, strange, this, this is just strange. I'm just going to have fun with this. So neutrophils, fill means to love, like Philadelphia, brotherly love. Oh. And, and neutral, it means that these cells love a neutral pH dye. So that when you dye them to see them on the slide, they show up better if you use a neutral dye. So they call them neutrophils, Interesting. right? Yeah, no, yeah. We use our science to to name these magnificent things. Well, anyway, hmm. uh, they kind of patrol the area and uh, they check license and registration and proof of insurance, and they want to make sure that everybody in the system has a right to be there (laughs) in that particular number they have a permit for this parade or this gathering you know Hmm. and that's what they do Hmm. and uh, so if i have a bacterial issue like too many bacteria the brain uses neutrophils to go monitor that if i have a quote viral or exosome excess the brain uses lymphocytes to deal with that. So typically you would look and see if somebody has low neutrophils, if their lymphocytes are at least high normal. So the white blood cell count, if it's normal and the neutrophils are low, that means another kind of white blood cell has to be on the high side. It has to be on the higher side of where it usually is. So that's what we'd want to look at. And my suspicion is, is that it's the lymphocytes that are on the higher side. They may not be, quote, abnormally high, according to this lab, but they may be high on the bell curve. Mm -hmm. If they are, that means I'm having an issue with exosomes, which some people call viruses. But it means I'm going into repair a lot 
over issues of contact or territory. And that's when the brain uses exosomes, is when I'm in a conflict related to contact with other people, like who can touch me, who can't touch me, who I can touch, I can't touch, or territory. How do I maintain my territory? How do I get a territory? And we use exosomes to help keep us in balance around those two issues. When we get a little over, we bring in lymphocytes. And when we bring in lymphocytes, the bone marrow devotes itself to making lymphocytes, not neutrophils. Because I don't have a bacteria issue. If I had a bacteria issue, my bone marrow would make neutrophils, right? But now it's making lymphocytes. That's one possibility. The other possibility is if he also added that not only are his neutrophils low, but everything is low. Like lymphocytes are low, neutrophils, all of them are low. That means something's going on with the bone marrow. Like my bone marrow's not happy. It's it's not making cells, right? So then we go down a whole different line like, all right, why is my bone marrow unhappy, right? But he just said neutrophils, so I'm assuming it's the only one that's low. So I would ask him to check and see if the lymphocytes are higher than the midpoint. Hmm. And if they are, then all the things you call being ill are simply repairs. They're re- re- repairing, right? Just like we were saying. Yeah, with yeah. The- we're repairing the body. So the body's going into repair rather than war. Neutrophils go into war. And all this other stuff is about repairing. So where am I repairing something around contact? Has there been a separation in my life? Is that the big thing going on? A, a recent separation, divorce, uh, job change, moving, um, anything where there's a separation, which is about contact and territory, right? When that happens, I'll drop my neutrophils and boost the lymphocytes a little bit, and it won't feel good. And if a person feels really bad, it means they have a great capacity to repair vigorously. Hmm. If, if you can't repair vigorously, you can't really feel much in the way of symptoms. You know, I love I love the guys, you know, who smoke and drink and eat cheeseburgers. And I never get sick. And you go, I haven't been sick in 50 years, you know. They can't repair themselves. You know, they, they don't have any vigor for repairing. Yeah. So in our language, we get confused. We're told that means we're never getting sick. And what that means is that the chaos of the system is just... <laughs> It's just building up, and yeah. one day, you know, it's going to fall over. And he was never sick, and then he died. You know, yeah. oh, George, um, he was never sick. I mean, I, he was really. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. He just fell over one day. Yeah, he just fell over one day. You know, so do what you can about the symptoms of feeling ill, as you say, but realize that you're repairing yourself. See, James, don't you feel better now that you, Doctor Massey, addressed that question? See, you're just getting better, dude. Don't worry. That's so great. Putting it all back together. Putting it all back together. So, but you had said something like, uh, if there are too many of these uh, uh, viruses, AKO, <coughs> excuse me, exosomes, and bacteria. But these, my understanding, these are our friends. So how could you have too many? Yeah, so, you know, 
I don't know if you heard Zach Bush's uh, talk on antibodies. I'm telling you, Patrick, it's just so embarrassing. <laughs> um, we were taught in pharmacy school and medical school in the day that if I had a high antibody count in my body, if you drew my blood and mm. had a high antibody count, say against measles, that meant the measles vaccine worked and I'll never get measles again. Well, it turns out that's not true. Oh, I'm shocked. People who have high antibodies can still get that same illness again, right? Or that same repair again. And it turns out antibody was named perfectly correctly. It's a, it's a protein that is against my own body. It's anti-body. Hmm. So we are so out of balance. Let, let's just stay with the, uh, quote, immunization issue. Mm -hmm. You and I went through military immunizations. Yes, we did. Right? In addition to childhood stuff, right? What that does is that there's two branches of the what we call the immune system, and the immunizations accentuate one and leave the other one where it is so that they're out of balance. And we make these out of balance responses to things in our environment. And some of our cells will go crazy making what it feels like is the answer. And I mean, I, mean, I guess overeating is like that, you know, when, when there's a mental thing going on, well, I need two pizzas and two pitchers of beer, you know, and then I'll stop, you know. So when a cell is overproducing something like a spike protein, my body will send out something to actually destroy the cells that are generating the spike protein. Those are what antibodies are. They're way far down the line. It's when my body has just totally overreacted to something and, and the overreaction has to be stopped. Even if it means killing my own cells, hmm. the overreaction has to stop. And I don't think that's our natural state, I th but I think that's where we find ourselves physically these days, you know, just because of various things, immunizations being one of them. Um, we tend to overreact and that has to be stopped. I mean, if you've overreacted in public, you realize there are people with guns and badges that come and stop the overreaction. Um, I remember one time in a 12-step meeting, a guy said, I don't believe in a higher power. And, and somebody said, go stand on the corner naked. He said, I promise you in the next hour, a higher power than you will show up <laughs> and uh, provide you some direction for your life. <laughs> Sarah, would you like to come over? So, yeah, in in a balanced world, we would not make too many. There would just be hmm. just the right amount of things. There would be a flow and a balance, but that's not the present state for most of us. And it feels like there for many lifetimes, perhaps, I don't know how long that we've uh, all been kind of tricked into believing that uh, we gotta fix something, you know, we just gotta fix this. You know? Yeah. I gotta fix it. Yeah, yeah, it's the pursuit of happiness, you know, and that's in the Constitution. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really neat trick because 
when a person grows up believing that I'm entitled to pursue happiness, what I don't see in that is that my very essence is already joy. It's already happiness. Why pursue it? So it, if I'm pursuing happiness, I have to first ignore my own joyful nature that I already have without fixing anything, you know? And I have to go out like some predator and chase down happiness, which is apparently trying to get away from me, which is why I have to pursue it, you know? And I just find that interesting that that's in our Constitution. Well, we- you know what's fascinating? Wow. Uh, uh, what's his name? Who wrote that Constitution? You know, do you know the guy? Um, well, I mean, I, I heard he copied it off the Iroquois, but, you I, know. You know who it is. The cool guy. Lynn, uh, could you, I don't know, his name is not my consciousness, but the original term was life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. Ah, okay. Property. That Thomas Jefferson. That's, property was the word, which is something you pursue, right? Because you, right. there's a piece of land, you get to, property was a yes. big deal, and somehow it got changed okay. to happiness. How about that? Isn't well, it, thank you for that piece of history. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. Pro- Thomas Jefferson, property. Hmm. That, you know, it's pretty cool. Life, liberty, mm-hmm. and property. I mean, that's all. That's all a person needs, right? A place to, place to hang out. Let people leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Pretty much. Then we're good, right? Hmm. Property. Fascinating. Uh, I hadn't thought about that for years. Uh, let's see. 